parties and it's right. some horrific. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think it's. I just don't really understand ever being upset over celebrity death at all. Like, I don't know these people. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's some musicians impact. for sure that, yeah. you know, it's a bummer. When, when, uh, what, what's his name? The Philip Seymour Hoffman, when he died, I was very that upset. That got me. That got Cause me. Cause he was, he was such a light in, in the dark world yeah. of cinema. Like everything, he was just one of those actors. Everything he did was awesome. He was, yeah, no, so he was a fantastic actor. Now, now when it came out. What, what you know about what was behind his death and his his personal life? That was the holy shit moment. Like, oh man, drugs will take you to a very very dark place. He had been sober for over twenty years. He had been sober for a really long time, and something happened where he just had a relapse, and it wasn't long after that that he was just gone. But yeah, that was hidden from everybody. Yeah, when when a celebrity has impact on you as an individual, that's I think that it just speaks highly to that person. And what they have done, because it's hard to impact somebody without ever having met them. I think that's where my, my, I don't consider any celebrities ever having any impact on, it just seems weird. Yeah. But no, like if I don't have a personal connection to you, you're not going to cry if I die. So I'm not crying if you die. Just boom. Turnabout's fair play. Take that Regis. Yeah, yeah, fuck you, Regis. <laughs> okay, I didn't say fuck anyone. But you guys, you guys have two speeds. It's like crying oh. or fuck you. Pot kettle black. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of black. Oh, black books. We're Lifeline. <laughs> We're a podcast about Lifetime movies with wine. I'm Stephanie. I'm Rachel. We're doing a, a daytime recording today, which we haven't done in a while. I hope we can we can do these more often. Have we uh, ever done a daytime? I don't think so. I think uh, it's always been. So that's why it's been a while. It's the been, it's been a while. The right time. I kind of yeah. like the daytime. I'm feeling it. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you tune in for last week's episode. We did the price she paid with Lonnie Anderson. Rachel may not have any feelings about celebrities who die, but she is a little torn up about Lonnie Anderson being dead. Yeah, it's really tragic, especially mm-hmm. since she doesn't even know she's dead. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody knows. Yeah, I am literally the only person on the planet who knew she was dead. The rest of you have just been been believing in that Lonnie Anderson robot they invented. The lie. All, all of life is an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and it's Lonnie Anderson has been dead the whole time. You, that's the twist. You know, I mean, actually, that's that's kind of similar to my theory that uh, the last four years have just been Ashton Kutcher punking us all. Mm. So I could, I could get on board on M. Night Shyamalama that Lonnie Anderson's been dead this whole time, or like she didn't even ever exist. And it just was his greatest uh, feat yet. I like the idea that it's all written by Charlie Brooker, and this is just one big, long Black Mirror episode. Mm, I was going to ask who Charlie Brooker was. Yeah. Dead? Uh, Is he dead? No, no. no. Does he want to be dead? I don't know. Maybe. He writes some weird shit. Well, he created the show. I don't know how much of the writing he does, but yeah, he's... uh, Can you create a show without actually doing any of the writing? Like, hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You hire writers. Yeah. Especially if it's a show with the episodes are, are separated like that. It's not it's not serialized. You know, I don't know if America is ready for this yet, but Lifeline, we have writers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of part of it. You know, all all mine and Rachel's jokes are yeah. all all written by a Jewish dog. 
Yeah, that's why um, you can't blame us. Yeah. You know that Jewish dogs run Hollywood. <laughs> oh, Jew, that was definitely written by a Jewish dog. I wrote that one myself. I want to take full credit for it. Fuck you. Uh, what's a good Jew? Ernie. That's my Jewish dog's name. Oh, that's a good Jewish dog name. Ernie Berkowitz. Ernie Barkowitz. Oh, Bar- oh <laughs> I that. Good night. So good. <laughs> that's a life one. So good. So speaking of, uh, of derailed segues, <laughs> we have not done any any hints about this movie, and we're not going to, Zach. You're going to guess what this movie's about based solely on the title with oh. zero clues. You motherfucker. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, that got really personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why, because he's fucking your mother? Oh. Oh. She's dead. Oh. Gross. Well, move over, Marty. There's another dick that wants to fuck that oh. of ashes. God. Does he? Daytime Lifeline. Daytime Lifeline. He he wants to fuck everything that moves, including members of his own family. And things that don't move, like her dead mother. You're not a blood relative, and if you look at at modern internet porn, incest is in. I I don't look at modern internet porn. Well, don't. It's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Life Tips. With what? Uh, With Daytime Life Tips. With wine. I meant to say with Zach, but... (laughs) Everything that you care about has been replaced with wine. Yeah. Charlie Brooker, write you that. Write say, that black. Did you say life tits? Life tits. Yes. Tips. Like in Tootsie when she's like, well, it's he because it's Michael Dorsey dressed as a woman talking to Gina Davis and she's in her bra in the wardrobe room. And she says, well, I see you all as my daughters. And what kind of mother would I be if I didn't give my girls tits? Tips. Tips. <laughs> like, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it since I was so. So what? Ex- oh, so good. Exactly. What is the timestamp where we see Gina Davis in a bra in Tootsie? <laughs> just for a future reference. First act. I just want the bra scenes. So I don't... all right, I'll uh, I'll get that to you. Thank you. It's on Netflix. Tootsie's God. on Netflix. Gina Davis. I know she's still she's still stunning. Yeah, right. she was but in Glow. Yeah. And in she the, looked great in the nineties. She was like one of my. Like, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to sound like that gross boy, but no, she's beautiful. Yeah. She was one of your your spank banks, dude. The the movie The Long Kiss Goodnight with Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson, where she mm-hmm. plays the spy who you know doesn't remember being a spy. Well, the original Jason Bourne movie, yeah, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what else is on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Airplane. And Ray and I started oh, watching it. That again. is such a great movie. There was a study done a few years ago that science came out and said, "Well, statistically, this is the funniest movie ever made." And really? I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of surprising because it's so slapstick. It's, but it's slapstick so clever. and uh, it definitely would not have been made today. Like, Oh, God, no. That Blazing made, Saddles. Yeah, oh, yeah sure. way too PC. And it's so funny because when you watch things like that, they were, and we were having this conversation the other day about like Seinfeld. They're, they were really progressive for their time. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect now, they still seem kind of racist. See, but Blazing Saddles was complete satire, and I feel that that is a movie that almost should be made today because it does I get point what out, you're saying. you know, I yeah, it wouldn't saying, work, but, it would. but yeah. yeah, you know, people have problems now with like, like commentary about um, homosexuality, gender, and race from like Friends and yeah. uh, Seinfeld. So I feel like if those get in trouble for yeah. Friends 
on the misogyny tip, Friends is very problematic. It, it is. Very. Is. Joey, um, specifically the character yeah. Joey, oh, is yeah. very problematic yeah. uh, in yeah. today's world, for sure. He smelled his own farts. <laughs> well, that's wrong. That's wrong in any timeline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there, there, there's definitely, yeah, some, some issues. But Friends was still, you know, pretty progressive. I mean, like, Ross's oh, yeah. wife was married to a woman. They had a baby. Mm. Yeah, um, you know there was a lot that was actually considered pretty progressive about it. But yeah, now in retrospect, certain things like that we just accepted as funny, like oh, men think women are objects. That's hilarious. Or mm-hmm. these people literally have not a single friend of any color at all. That's yeah. normal. Like well, you know, three of them are Jewish though, so boom, you get it. Who were the Jewish people in there? Well, the Gellers. Gellers, and then yeah. They oh, yeah. never they never say Rachel is Jewish. However, she's from Long Island, and her last name is Green. Yeah, Greenstein. Like, yeah, yeah, probably. Well, speaking of not having any friends of color and women being objects, Zach, today's movie is a movie from 2015. Based on the title, I want you to tell me what you think this movie's about. It's called... Babysitter's Black Book. Okay. Well, as usual, I am not going to do the obvious pornographic version uh, of what this would be. Because almost every other lifetime title could be misconstrued as a pornographic title. Mm -hmm. So, it's actually a group of toddlers, right? And these toddlers have been recruited into the CIA, right? Mm -hmm. And so they hold a black book of all of the babysitters that they think have converted to Islam, right? Mm. And so now these toddlers are gathering intelligence because they're, uh, let's say it's in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. All the babysitters in Colorado Springs, Colorado are becoming extreme Islamists, you know, and they want to start a caliphate of just babysitters mm-hmm. across the Midwest. And the the final scene is uh, one of Gwyneth Paltrow's toddlers. I think uh, let's na- let's say its name is Alligator Flapjack. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say vagina candle, but yeah, uh, you're so both of those are solid. And, I guess they and they're just they're just waterboarding the shit out of a 15 year old blonde girl. The toddlers are waterboarding. Wa- the shit one hundred percent, love super, it, love yeah. it. Yeah, so it's basically like an episode of 24, except all of the the good guys are toddlers and all the bad guys are Muslim. Well, that that is 24 actually, but this time they're babysitters. So, uh, I have a couple follow-up questions, or at least one, and this is just my own ignorance. Are women allowed to start a caliphate? uh, Yeah, I think so, sure. Okay. No. Okay. Actually, to be totally honest, no. Um, uh, women in ex- in extreme parts uh, of Islam are treated very, very poorly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. That's that's why I was I was curious yeah. if they were allowed to actually. But I mean, we're, maybe maybe please like please realize that Islam is a is a beautiful religion. I don't support any religion. I don't think anyway. But I just want to say Islam is a beautiful religion. I love Sufism. I love to read the poetry of Rumi. We're not talking about good Islam. We're talking about bad, right? Right. Basically right. Wing, <laughs> right. wing. Yeah. You know, Islam. Yeah. 
Zach, well, you're well, you're close, but uh, you're off on a couple of points. <laughs> so this movie is based very loosely. I want to put that really? in there. Very, very really? loosely based on the true story of high schoolers who turned their babysitting service into an underground prostitution ring to make money for college. Wow. Look at these yeah. little industrious So industrious. Ladies. Yeah. And, and as we were saying, it's very loosely based. I looked up the, the real story. I and, too. And I was like, uh, this is not related. This is not. <laughs> like, yeah, not at all. Like, it's barely, like, just like it was an idea that they gleaned. Uh, so, the, the first of all, the money wasn't for college. It was just for alcohol and drugs. So, yeah. they, they changed Hell this yeah. narrative yeah, to make them more sympathetic. The, the ringleaders, one of them was male, and he was yeah. 15. The other one was, was female, and she was, they were both uh, people of color. And yeah. this movie is all white. Except for, I'm fairly certain that there's one woman that Lifetime, as a network, hired, and she is of um, ambiguous Uh ethnicity and race. That's what my IMDb profile says. Yeah, Bray is also known as ambiguous. Mm -hmm. But she is a, a woman of ambiguous race and ethnicity, and she is always the detective. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, she looks like one of those. There's a show out right now. It's either CSI or one of those that has a, a lead female detective that is, yeah, ethnically, ethnically. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah this too. must just be a thing because last episode, I mm-hmm. was just. Yeah. I'm keeping in most of those errors, too. Well, they're hilarious, so you have to. Yeah. Um, I think you might be having a series of mini strokes every time you That's what I was thinking. Is that right? like a mini scone? <laughs> yeah, a mini yeah. stroke, mini but it screen. actually it has a filling. Yeah, and the the filling is blood clots. <laughs> oh, delicious uh, and strawberries. So, well, yeah, you know. I mean, vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I want Lifetime to make another version of this movie that's based on the actual perpetrators. the The John. The client in the actual true story, his name was John Michael Mosier, and he was charged with felony sexual battery because the paid sex actually turned into rape because she was unwilling. Um, But in the movie, I believe he's just charged with solicitation of a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But it sounds like everybody's a minor. Well, and they're all 17. Right. But I think they did kind of uh, just like, I don't want to say not skirt the issue, but I think they did actually say it was sex with a minor. Like just ignore the fact that 17 is an age of consent, which I will never fully understand consenting laws and stuff, because I, I, I guess there are caveats to it. Right. Like if if you're 14 and they're 17, then that's a sex crime, at least in Texas. Yeah, uh, but then I guess if you know you find out that your fifteen-year-old is having sex with her sixteen-year-old boyfriend or whatever, yeah. that then to protect the minors because obviously that is consensual. And how can you like if a, a guy is sixteen and a girl's fifteen? How can you say well he's a you know he's a sexual because they're both like, well yeah. they're both underage. I think right. is where so yeah. I guess I guess there is some rhyme and reason to it. It just seems weird to me bit. that if like you're seventeen and your partner's twenty eight, they're like, well, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Even though you're not depending on the state, yet. but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not, I know it's a state by state. It's thing. not fine. Yeah, it's, it's not, not fine. fine. It's not. I don't. I don't no. agree with eighteen and twenty eight. I mean, I'm sure I really there are don't exceptions, believe, but I really don't believe any eighteen year old girl finds anyone. 
over 25 honestly attractive like maybe oh, not not true maybe, I, maybe, uh, phys- I, maybe physically attractive but their their brains aren't even the same you know what they're, I mean? they're like, not but i think they're not younger when younger people at that age uh attract older people to a certain extent i think that sometimes it the it actually builds the younger person's self-esteem because they're like, Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. so mature. I'm so attractive. This person who's much more older or much more older, much older than I. It's okay. Yeah. You can't, you can't talk literally. It's just that mini scone you had. (laughs) So let me ask you this in this movie, who's fucking these kids? Well, let me tell you. So there are four girls, essentially the main character is Ashley. She's played by Spencer Locke. Uh, These are all women in their early 20s, playing teenage girls. They're all blonde. The movie kind of briefly tries to differentiate these girls from each other, but they're very half-hearted. Uh, oh, one's a jock. One's artsy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're, they're all fundamentally the same person. These are just vague attempts to assign some sort of differentiation to these characters. I even have in my notes, what a diverse representation of the human female. Uh, of the blondes. Not at all. Of yeah, blondes. all blondes. So these four girls actually created this babysitting service called Family Buddies that's not just babysitting, it's tutoring and athletics and that kind of thing. It's kind of a a well-rounded business model, which is a great idea. But unbeknownst to Ashley, one of the girls in the group, Rachel, who is, of course, the shitster. I was going to say, never, ever, ever trust anyone named Rachel. Rachels are nothing but evil, and especially if they're Scorpios, which I... Oh, happen to be dangerous, dangerous. Yeah, yes. two, two. Yeah, fuckers. So unbeknownst, <laughs> unbeknownst to Ashley, Rachel, the troublemaker, mm-hmm. has started fucking some of these dads on the side for extra money while Holy she's there shit. tutoring the kids, taking care of them, that kind of thing. And she starts to recruit other girls within this family buddies business. Uh, which it, it looks like it's just the, the four, four but she, her yeah. friend, Janet. Who's and, the jock? Yeah. Also, Rachel, speaking of Rachel, did you recognize the the actor who played Rachel? Yeah, who was that? Yeah, I did. She looked very familiar. That was Angeline Apple, or Appel. She was yeah. in Stalked by My Doctor, Sleepwalker's Nightmare. She played Katie, the niece. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah, she looked very familiar to me. So the writer of this teleplay is Richard Kletter, and I looked him up. All the stuff he's written before is called, like, Dangerous Indiscretion and Perverse Destiny. And it uh, reminds me of those movies that they made up for Seinfeld, like Prognosis Negative and uh, uh, yeah. Firestorm and, yeah. Rochelle, Rochelle. Ro- Rochelle, Rochelle. Rochelle, Rochelle. Yeah. Uh, Muted, what was it, Muted Heart? That's the movie that Susan made George go see, and he wanted to go see Firestorm instead because they had just gotten engaged. <laughs> it's great. George, are you coming to bed? I text mad about you. Also, though, this guy wrote The Man Who Fell to Earth, but not the 1976 version. Apparently, they made it again in 1987 with uh, Lewis Smith as David Bowie and Beverly D'Angelo as Candy Clark. What? Yeah, I wish I didn't know this existed. So, which is probably wasn't very good. That's also two shows in a row where The Man Who Fell to Earth has been referenced. Exactly. That's why it stuck out to me. Rachel, what's your hot take? Rachel's hot take. 
Oh, so it reminded me a lot of uh, Virgin Falls, uh, Destiny. Oh, Purity Falls? Purity yes. Falls. It reminded me so much of that movie. It was just such a terrible movie. And look, I know I came from a very privileged background where my parents saved for college and really supported us because it was very important to my parents. And I know that not every parent has that luxury, but there was just so... I don't know. It was just so wild to me. Like, like she, that her parents were like, oh, sorry, we're going to have to now use your college fund. And like, also, how much was your college fund? Like, and how much did they need? Because she was going to what I assume is a completely made up, a made up school. Well, I think she was wanting to go to Berkeley. Well, initially she was, and then she like decides she wants to go to Pressman, which I guess is, which I guess is like one of the most expensive, like supposed to be like, you know, 50,000, yeah, yeah, like uh, 50,000 plus a year. And I was like, wait, how much was in this college fund if all of a sudden, like, you went from, like, and it's your senior year and your parents only need it for, I don't, well, I don't know, maybe they really drove themselves into debt. I don't know. There was just, it was, there, there was a lot. Uh, there was a lot going on. It was a silly little movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I read the, the true story, it was kind of infuriating because it was like, mm-hmm. you, you really took this, manipulated it. And not that I would, I would much rather see like, young men and women of color running a prostitution ring out of their high in school. In Florida. Yeah, in Florida. But I was like, like you're doing some injustice to the victims by completely whitewashing this and yes. making it, you know, making these girls, first of all, they were all extremely attractive girls. Two mm-hmm. of the girls, the main girl and the other girl who was really, you know, didn't want to be involved necessarily. Jilly. Jilly, the art, the art girl. The art student. Yeah. They looked like if you took two facial expressions from um, Alicia Silverstone and split them. And uh, she, yeah. like, the main girl was the happy expressions. And uh-huh. the other girl was like the kind of confused or upset expressions of Alicia Silverstone. So, yeah, it, it was, it, I mean, it's why we got into this business, right? Was this kind right. of movie just to be like, oh, my fucking God. How am yeah. I not, fa- like, how have I not made a movie yet? Like, yeah, and, and that brings us to one of our first tropes of the movie is that Lifetime Movie High Schools have no dress code slash midriff. There was a midriff. Yeah. yeah. In this. I saw the yeah, photos. A few. A few. I saw midriff yeah. photos. Uh, a few midriffs. Another trope is based on a true story using yeah. heavy quotes and heavy eye roll. The entire movie is a white person party, which we've touched yep. on. How it's very, everybody's white. Everybody's blonde. All the young girls are blonde anyway. The wives to these men who are having sex with underage girls, they were brunette. Uh, it, they, the were women of, they were women of color is what you mean. They're hair. They're women of hair color. Yes. <laughs> and they, I don't know if you've ever seen that. There's a sorority. I think it was a sorority, and they took a bunch of pictures. And everybody but like one girl was blonde, and they were talking about how diverse they were because they included she's this the girl woman of color. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious and sad. Very yeah. sad. If you remember that story, please email us or hit us up on social media and yeah, uh, remind email you us at what like one podcast at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Life One Podcast. And while we're asking you to reach out, take two seconds and go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Give us five stars. Just putting words in the box will help us 
immensely. And we will read your review on the air. And we, we will. will love you forever. Even yeah. if it's and negative. Will, especially uh, if it's negative. Especially, especially if, it's if it's negative. No, wait. We don't want to encourage people to give us negative reviews. Well, I mean, give, we will. No, but give us five stars and then say whatever you want in the box. Say whatever you want in the box. Fair. The five yeah, exactly. stars and then be like, fuck these three people. Yeah. All of them. They can all go to hell. Those sometimes mean the most to us. And I feel that there's a new trope we can add to the list. People leaving the front door open. Hmm, Constantly happens. Drives me crazy. When people walk in, they'll just leave the damn door open. Uh, and then some movie-specific tropes. Drink anytime someone gives Ashley a gift, because people are just giving her yeah. gifts. Uh, anytime someone flounces. There's a lot of flouncing. What's and a, then, wait, wait, hold, explain to America. Not me. I know what flouncing is. But oh, explain okay. to America what flouncing is. Flouncing is when, well, for example, in this film, it was when these two girls had been fucking a lot of married men mm. and used the money that they charged these men to buy new clothes that, again, there's no dress code in Lifetime high schools. So they're wearing super short skirts and their midriff showing and they're just like, they look good and they know it. And so they're just like walking oh. like they're going everywhere and just it made me want to murder them. Well, I was I like, stop to your fucking flouncing. I want to take a moment to um, appreciate the scene where it basically turned into a rap music uh, video. Yes, when they're in the car? <laughs> no, not in the car. At oh. the pool. At oh, the, the pool? pool. Okay, yes. so the two girls who are prostituting themselves out. Lead, um, lead prostitutes. Lead, lead prostitutes. Prostitute, Rachel yeah. and Janet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are trying to convince the other two girls that this is something they need to join them in. And they are just waving $100 bills around. And this is another point where it really deviates from the true story. They yeah. So in the true story, it was like 50 bucks and a bottle of like whiskey or something. 40 and a bottle oh, of liquor. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and these girls, it's they're still only making like $300. So I don't know where they get all these hundred because these are like, they both have at least... They're doing a lot of fucking. Well, yeah. yeah, is it $300 a session? Yeah, but like how many how many sessions do they have before this? I would imagine... Well, I guess maybe you do have a babysitter multiple nights, so... Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. They should be saving that money for college, not spending it on all well, their new clothes but and stuff. For some reason, they both have all these $100 bills, because I guess that's the fathers are paying them only in hundreds. And they are just like in the hot tub with the other two girls waving their hundred dollar bills around. And towards the end of that scene, one of the girls just like throws the money in the air. And I was like, bitch, what are you doing? It's going to land in the water and you could, it'll disintegrate. I was just, it was was definitely like a, I was like, were they watching rap videos before? They obviously were. Yeah. I feel that the movie itself is almost a form of entrapment because it, these simulated sex scenes, it's extremely sexy for a lifetime film. You see partial nudity. You even see almost some side boob. Um, women are being portrayed as possessions. Young women, 17 year old girls. And so it's almost as if to real viewer into this glamorized world where underage prostitution is sexy and fun and acceptable. Like there's all these scenes where they're driving in the car, listening to rap music, talking about how great it is. And it mimics like a female empowerment sort of thing. But then at the climax, when all the shit goes down, it almost vilifies any viewer who was accepting this is okay or enjoying it. And it, I feel like that is the only one of the few redeeming qualities of this film is that once everything 
is out in the open and people are getting arrested and getting questioned by the police. Ashley has to meet with Linda face to face, who is the wife of the man that she had been sleeping with for in exchange for, he promises to pay for her tuition and her room and board. At what Preston. a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's a groomer for sure. Ugh. He, he's a, he's possessive, which they only touch on about his jealousy and possession that, that quickly kicks in after they start this you cannot relationship. Possess anyone, but you definitely can't possess. And I, I say this knowing that sexual slavery is real, but that's the nature of a sex worker, right? You don't possess that person, but for the allotted time that you agreed upon well, and paid for. It's just it's just crazy when people would get obsessed with and I'm not equating to sex work to coffee, right? But if <laughs> if like I They both if, keep you up. If I saw somebody going into the same Starbucks that I went into all the time, you're like, look, motherfucker, stay away from my Starbucks. Well, it's only my yeah. Starbucks for the fifteen minutes I'm in there paying for my coffee. Well, but they have kind of a um, more long-term agreement, and I'm not, not uh, that I'm justifying this at all because it's no, no, just no, super it's fine. Justify it. But, Go ahead. But, <laughs> but he gets possessive because she's a senior in high school, and he's going to be paying for her room and board, and you know, basically, he feels that he has bought her for years at least like she she owes him until he gets tired of her please tell Mm -hmm. me this movie takes a left turn and she kills this guy with a claw hammer god that'd be great no that doesn't happen no but i will say that they do give her some redeeming qualities in that she cuts it off once he starts becoming because she goes to a party with a guy that she's kind of had a crush on for years who's a guy her own age moron yeah, he's an idiot. Um, yeah, but she's been tutoring him. And, you know, he's the good-looking football captain. But he has, I guess, a girlfriend. They barely mention it. But, yeah, once she she starts sleeping with his father, she suddenly gets a lot more confidence and swagger. And, and you can tell because she starts wearing her hair down. Yeah. And, and everybody's uh, like, oh, who are yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's uh, the new girl. So she... This this boy that she's crushed on and had um, you know have been tutoring finally ask her out and they go to a party and the next night when she sees the the father she's been fucking whose Mar- name I think is Mark Mark yeah Mark is like where were you last night why weren't you answering me and she's like oh I was at a party and he said with a boy and she's like yes what is, what does it matter and he's like did you have sex with him and she was like what. No, and that's none of your business. And he was like, "It is. It is absolutely my business." And she's like, "You're married. Like, back the fuck yeah. off." Yeah. So she soon calls that whole. She's like, "You know what? I'll figure out how to get into this college myself and pay for it mm-hmm. myself. I'd rather go into debt." But then that was kind of the impetus for like her friend Rachel, who has approached her multiple times about being a prostitute or a sex worker. And Ashley's always said, no, no, no. Well, Rachel then finds out that Ashley's been sleeping with his father, Mark, and mm-hmm. somehow then now uses that to guilt Ashley into becoming a sex worker. And that's what I didn't understand. Like, Ashley yeah. had the the confidence and the intelligence to call off this affair with this father who was offering to pay for all of her schooling since he was being a controlling, you know, just a, an all around, just terrible, terrible human being. Yeah, but then medieval. because her friend finds out about it, she's like, well, now I guess I am a hypocrite and I have to be a prostitute. Like, well, yeah. Um, I, 
Well, yeah, let's talk about Ashley's motivations. So, yeah, she's a type A personality. She does well in school. She is focused on going to Berkeley or, or some similar school there, there in California. And she has started this business that is just supposed to be babysitting and tutoring. Rachel's the one who kind of manipulates the confines of that business to include prostitution just under Ashley's nose. And we learn at the beginning of the movie that Ashley's parents, as Rachel mentioned, they are going through some tough financial times and they need to dip into her college fund. We don't really know. Her mom has a store and she says, I'm going to have to close the store. And Ashley says, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's so sad. We don't know what dad does. He, maybe they both have this, this store and own and operate, but we don't know why they've fallen on bad times. We know they're middle class. Ashley and her friends are all middle class for the most part. But the privilege and entitlement is just so thick throughout the entire movie. And a lot of it is from Ashley. Now, she's not a bad person, but when her parents tell her, we're sorry, we're going to have to tap into your college fund just to get by, we'll take out loans to get them covered, but you might have to look at going to community college for a year or so. And she acts like that is the worst thing ever. She doesn't want to go to community college. She doesn't want to take on student debt because I calculated it and I'm going to be paying these off until I'm 40. So I, well, that's life. I'm sorry. I'm going to be on the opposite side of you and not, not that I like don't think that it's privileged, but I, I get where Ashley's coming from as a person whose family started a college fund probably before my mom even found out she was pregnant it was just very much expected. Like it wasn't even really ever a question. Like I, I didn't necessarily even want to go to college, but that was like, I'm super glad I did. Uh, did they know they were going to be paying for you to be a professional student for the rest of your no, life? Though? They would, no, <laughs> no, they had no idea, but I, I get where, because if you've been looking forward to something and a lot of young, precocious, highly intelligent children spend a good part of their life, dreaming about this and if this is kind of a thing that your parents have been telling you that they've been saving and saving and you know college is very formative for a lot of people and Mm -hmm. it's the first time you really move out and you know it's kind of milestone yeah yeah like it's a it's almost um a lot of people anticipate it and expect it and i'm not saying that's right or that that's everybody but i i i didn't think ashley was necessarily entitled especially for being 17 and having such a heavy weight dropped on you all of a sudden you know maybe six months before you were planning to to go about doing this but yeah so I kind of I kind of understood her like motivation that she was very desperate um right I and I see that but it was that coupled with you uh, Salvation Army clothes. Ew, like that was, a, yeah. a, you know, I mean, it was just, it was an entire, it was a series of reactions to things. I mean, I'm somebody, I never had a college fund and I understand that it's easy for me to come in and say, oh, it's really entitled of you to be upset by a change in plans, you know, and, and sure, that's very one-sided of me and I get that. And I do understand, yes, if you're given, if you are expecting this thing your entire life and you're very excited about going to this particular school. But then again, to be fair, at, once Mark turns her on to the idea of this completely other college that she had never thought of, then she's all about pressmen. Right. You know, she's like, it, it, so it wasn't even necessarily, I don't think the specific school, it was just the idea of, of starting college and getting, but yeah, I mean, she very well could have applied to get federal assistance 
And sure, she'd have student loans, but she could be going to Berkeley. She could easily get accepted into Berkeley. She got accepted in Pressman. She's a straight A student. She's got a lot to offer. I, I think it was very short sighted of her to think, I'm not even going to look into getting any sort of financial assistance, especially because her parents really presented this as this is temporary, we're going to have to dip into your college fund just a little bit, but then we're going to get loans to pay it back. So it sounds like the money is going to come back. And even if it doesn't, you will have assistance to get you through at least the first four years, your college college degree. But she wanted to use financial assistance. There you go. Oh, good yeah. call. Look at that. So she starts sleeping with Mark. So Mark and Linda have these two kids that she's been babysitting for. She's a part of their family. She's been Ugh. babysitting for these kids for they're probably most of their lives or a good deal of their childhood. Linda's like a second mother to her. Um, Mark has been supportive, and he starts off seeming like this really nice guy. He's a lawyer. Um, you know, they're, they're well off. Can't trust them. Yeah. Well, and very quickly, Mark starts putting some heavy handed moves on her. He takes her, you know, she's, she talks to them about her college applications and the, the financial situation that her parents are in and how this has changed her plans. And she's upset and they try to help her. Mark drives her home. And then on that drive, he talks about how he went to Pressman and Pressman is one of the most expensive colleges in the country. And he's, he then suddenly offers to pay for Ashley's room and board for Pressman. Just okay. Like they haven't done anything yet. He's still friend and neighbor. Nothing has crossed the line except for when she hugs him and says, thank you. He kisses her on the mouth. Yeah. Like, really and brief, I, I thought that but, was really weird that there was no addressing of that. Because yeah. even at this age, if a if a guy I was working with did that to me, there would be some concern. Yeah. And yeah. she just, like, she's taken aback for a second, but then she's like, pressman. Like, pressman. even in the car. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then just is like, <laughs> and runs off. And I was like... A married guy who's probably at least 15 years older than you are, at least, Mm -hmm. just kissed you on the mouth and you're like, okay. And he offered to pay for your room and board. Yeah. You know, which later becomes, later he offers tuition. Now, uh, Mark is played by Ryan McPartland, who I wasn't familiar with. Again, I have that Beth Littlefield Ford effect where I recognize him, but don't know anything that he's been in. He kind of reminded me of like, Brendan Fraser's better looking brother, but who never actually yeah. had any real talent outside of being good looking. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying necessarily one way he's talented or not. I'm just saying like he was the the brother who was better looking, but was never discovered in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. it's probably some greasy Canadian. Probably. <laughs> well, he's in the show Chuck, which I think I've heard of, but I've never seen. Mm-hmm. His voice is unusually low. Did yes, you get that right? Like yes. it just seemed. I don't know if it was. Uh, I think it was that was a kind of affectation or. Yeah, there there was something weird about it, for sure. Yeah, and once she's all about going to Pressman, then their relationship progresses very quickly. He's very excited about telling her about Pressman, getting her into Pressman. He says, oh, Pressman's great. There's so much stuff around campus that you would need a local to show you around. And so he suggests they take a trip. So he takes her, they go to Pressman. We don't know where it is because it doesn't exist. And he he says, oh, we'll fly out there. We'll spend the night. Obviously, we'll get separate hotel rooms and I'll show you around and you'll meet with an advisor. He really just spearheads this entire Ashley's going to Pressman thing. And she goes along with it. And they're hanging out, eating a Philly cheesesteak. And she looks at this 
little printout that's just this plain little printout this is profits and outlaws plays tonight and she said have you heard of this band they're playing tonight we should go see them but this is what i don't get she says yeah but they don't go on till late and they're leaving tomorrow and he's like well i'll just push our flights tomorrow until later in the day it's like do you need to be wide awake yeah, to be I, on yeah, a plane? I, I, I did not understand i that. also didn't understand that the the band she asked him have you heard of this band and he's like Oh yeah, they have that song, blah blah blah. But then soul they, shop. they soul shock, soul shop, soul Whatever. shop. It's a real uh, song. It's a real band. So. Oh really? Yeah. Well, but then the the venue they go to is like your most divey, like little it's a college dive bar. Yeah. Dive bar. Yeah. And I was like, wait, they. Well, I don't think. Yeah, I think they were supposed to be like a college band. But then, how did he know what their music all the way out in California? Like the internet. he listens to Spotify. Yeah, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, and they have some drinks at this bar at this venue while they're playing, and they kiss, and he's like, "Let's get out of here," and they go bang in his hotel room. Yeah, and in the beginning, they somewhat allude to the fact that she might be a virgin. I, I don't know. She it is. was never yeah. explicit. I, that's what I got. Yeah. Uh, J- Jilly's a virgin, the art girl. So Jilly and Ashley are kind of on one side of the fence. They're both. They're more conservative. I, the more conservative and the more hesitant to enter into this world. And then Rachel and Janet are the ones who are acting like life is just a rap video. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, Rachel, do you remember the days before COVID that you and I would just hang out together, just wearing our bras and talking about boys and talking about how we should let them use our body while we still have it. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember yeah. those days. Those Taking nice. photos on playgrounds, yes. demonstrating our loss of innocence yeah. as we entered into <laughs> yes. adulthood. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So how do you how do you go from never even seeing a penis in person to being a sex worker? Like Well, you like got to pay for college. Yeah, but she uh, look, I don't want to be gross. But if you've never sucked a dick, then you're not good at sucking dick, which means I'm not going to pay you to suck my dick. Yeah. It, if I can sound completely disgusting about it. No, no, I get it. Absolutely. Uh, good to know that yeah. you only take uh, veteran dick suckers and pay them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, veteran dick sucker reporting to duty. Yeah. <laughs> VDS. Yeah. They like, but the, they don't even address anything. Like she very, like as far as we know, loses her virginity to this man. And to this forty-something-year-old yeah, man, it's never even yeah. talked about. Like there's no hesitation on her part because she says they said something at the beginning too, and she was like, "Well, you know, I'll experience that as soon as I find somebody worth experiencing it with." And I was like, "This guy, who you take care of his kids, he's married to another woman." And, uh, yeah, sure. Like a family to you. Yeah, like, sure, he's offering to pay for your schooling, but this is the guy that you are like, oh, yeah, nope, it's time. I'm losing my virginity to this man. Like, yeah, they weird. definitely, there's a lot of things they gloss over in this. And what makes Mark even more of a horrific person, uh, as if it could get any worse, after they have sex, it's the next morning, and Ashley feels guilty. You know, she's kind of laying there like, oh, my God, what did we do? Linda's like a mother to me, you know, his wife. And he says, look, you know, she and I are partners, but we're more friends now than we were lovers. Oh, it's fuck been, you. Like, yeah, well, like, don't bring me into that. And then at, that's when he mentions not only will he pay for her. And he doesn't say if we keep having sex, I'll do this. He just says, look, I'm going to do this for you. But it's implied. Like, I'm not only going to pay for your room and board at Pressman, but I'm also going to pay for your tuition. And so that just 
obviously shifts another gear in her and she has to, she kind of shoves that guilt down temporarily when she realizes, Oh, all my dreams are coming true. If I just kind of hang out and let this guy have sex with me, who, who I'm already kind of attracted to because he's generically like soap opera. I thought he was really, yeah, he's a soap opera looking guy. Like he was very attractive man. Um, But also not the kind of man I would ever be attracted to because I would think he would bang a 17 year old girl if he had the chance. Like that was his look. He just was too, he looked genetically modified. Yeah, yeah, he was. I'll take take a dad bod over that any day. He was objectively handsome. Like, it was definitely. Empirically. Yeah, Mm -hmm. empirically. Like, he was like what Ken was modeled after. Like, he was. Yeah, yeah. he was smooth and sexless down there. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a dick. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be a good day for, for a sex worker? He's like, I can't (laughs) believe I got to keep doing this. And you pull the pants down and he's like. I got nothing. Got nothing. I got nothing. It's time for Zach's interlude. It's time for Zach's interlude. Gotta interlude a certain amount of time. Why the ladies pee? I'm just gonna sit here and rhyme. It's the interlude. Zach's interlude. Crazy dude with an interlude. Stephanie's back. Stephanie's back.
Well, I wanted to stay weird. Yeah, well, you'll you'll hear it. Well, I can't wait. I, uh, yeah. Well, Great. my fridge is starting to stink. I need to clean out those bodies. Is that is that a euphemism for your? No, I have dead. No, my actual fr- I have all this compost in there, but is that a euphemism for? <laughs> yes, that's a euphemism. Yep. I saved a baby woodpecker today from Curtis. Oh. Now Curtis was just doing his cat stuff. Yeah. So Sess and I are in the bedroom and Curtis comes mm-hmm. to the door that goes to the backyard back there and he's just he's got this baby bird in his mouth and the bird's oh my just God. like just with his head sticking out like what the fuck is going on? Um, but was he I, using soft jaws? Like, do cats have soft jaws like labs? I think he was soft enough. Uh, yeah. But I got the bird out and, and helped him. He it, wasn't so it was a mangled wo- no, or anything? No, it was a woodpecker. Uh, anyway, we watched this little baby bird climb up the tree to safety. He's Aww. still up there, though. He hasn't flown away yet. He's just up there chirping yeah, his head Yeah, he might. I tried, I tried yeah. to feed him some dry mealyworms, but he was not mm. having it. So, you know what? Hash, okay. Hashtag save the baby uh, woodpecker. There's probably a better way, better hashtag for that. Save the pecker. Save the pecker. Yeah, save the pecker. Or S the P. See, I don't want to put save the pecker because I feel like incels are going to fucking hop yeah. on that hashtag and steal it. Yeah, it's true. They might. Speaking of the anti-incels. Now we're going to get back to the show. The interlude is over. Well, do you want to talk about how they got caught? How this all went down? Yeah, so there's this cunt, Harper. Harper the cunt. Yes, Harper is yet another example of the diversity of a human female. She's blonde. She looks like all the rest. No, actually. No. no, But she's got, she's upper class. She has money. Yeah, she's upper class. She has money and she's the second best. Ashley is better at everything than she is, but just by a smidge. And it just really burns this girl's goat. Apparently, this girl also had the dream of going to Pressman and uh, is waitlisted. And she blames Uh Ashley. She blames Ashley for this. She's like, I got waitlisted because of you. Um, Yeah, because Ashley got accepted to Pressman. And I'm like, it's not... That's not yeah, how it works. That's not how this works. There isn't like a number where that's like, well, we let this girl in. And so you, it's well, not like yeah, the, there's no the like mag- interchangeable, like, okay, well, right. There's no brackets. Right. That, right. You know. Like if, if number 10 drops off, then we'll move 13. They're like, no, that's not how this works. So, but she, um, she definitely absolutely blames Ashley for her non-acceptance. And this is so poorly written about how they yep. get caught that Ashley, like Rachel's organized this, this party and each girl's going to get a thousand dollars to attend this party and um, be the mill of whichever man chooses to, to, you know, take them on. Sex party. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's uh we need some young hot girls um, and we have some money kind of party so and it's formed real quick can we talk about how like even the ugliest guy that someone has to have sex with he's i would want to have sex with him but as far as worst case scenario it wasn't that bad you know w- prostitution's really all about like toothless he- hepatitis riddled yeah, yeah. disgusting like, you, dicks you and none of right, that you don't really have much. these guys are all clean and yeah. you know uh, you mean people that normally wouldn't even have to pay for sex probably 
But a lot of people who a lot of people who don't have to pay for sex do. They do. Um, yeah, but it's a convenience thing. Well, I think it's also like a power and owning kind yeah. of thing, and like um, yeah. entitlement kind of sort of thing. But um, absolutely, that's fucked up. It is. Yep. It's fucking super fucking gross. Like, tell that to Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe that prostitution should be outlawed, but I'm definitely not. For I don't either. It. No. Legal legalize it should all be vice. legalized. It should be if legalized. You, it should be regulated. It, legalized as long as it nobody sold into sex slavery who's unwilling. Obviously. Well, that's the thing. You, that's that's, that's why government regulation is so important right. in sex it work. Is. Sex work. Yeah. Yeah. Sex work will always always exist. Yep. But if you leave it in the underground, that's when these fucks. That's when the disgusting fucks can go buy a person. Can go buy a fucking yeah. child because morality has decided. That we should, if we don't talk about it, it's them. It's over yeah. there. It has nothing to do with us because mm-hmm. I have a moral obligation not to support this. So if I can go to bed at night knowing that my husband can't legally go and obtain legal consensual sex work, right, then I've done my job for the day. I've stopped yeah. the bad thing. Morality leads to so much abject fucking suffering on this planet, this false ideal of what is good and what is right. Um, I say legalize all vice. I say federally regulate fucking heroin. Federally tax it. Exactly. Federally make gambling completely legal everywhere. But then you also have to fund methadone clinics for people who want to get off heroin. They've got to get more funding. Well, that's just dumb that that is even um, a political Oh, you'll fund it from the billions of dollars you'll make off legal heroin. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Or, and if I could be a little dark with it, a little, uh, 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 unlike you. Yeah. Uh, think about it. Now you got a bunch of people dying from heroin already. Why don't we make a little tax revenue? And then when they kick the bucket, we've made some cash off of them. There's always going to be fucking more. Anyway, yeah. I say legalize sex work. If not for anything else, the safety of millions yes. of women, men, and children all over the fucking world. Yeah. It's the only way because there's always going to be some dirty fuck that wants to put his pecker into something. And if you bring it out of the underground, he is now forced to uh, he is obliged to do it in a legal way. Well, I right? think there would still always be illegal prostitution. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with with any sort of prohibition, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you bring it out of the shadows and bring it up, once somebody goes after the government's money, which is doing it underground and not paying the taxes right. on that, then the government will come after you. They don't give a fuck until their money's involved. But if you could yeah. make a system to where if somebody does it illegally and it hurts the government financially, that the government will fucking stop it. I hate yeah. to say that that's... that's I, have, I have no disagreement with you at all, at all. I just... And I, I can't say I know what Australia's laws are around uh sex work now but i know that when i visited there in the like early 2000 late 99 it was legalized there and you had to have like a sex worker's license essentially which meant that you had to uh i think it was i think they told us it was like monthly testing std hiv testing and of course that was also in early 2000 when hiv was still most likely a death sentence um, for anyone yeah. who contracted it. Now there's five commercials for HIV drugs on TV as we speak. Well, those are, those are actually, pro, well, they are they're also, prep. They're, they're prep. prep. They're yeah, pre-exposure they're, drugs yeah. for sure. But they, but, they also, but they also are used as anti, they are anti-retrovirals. But yes, uh, I just, I do want to put a plug in there for um, Truvada or I think Big Tarvi's the other one now. Hey, look, 
we're sexual beings. If you're having sex and you you just don't give a fuck, go ahead, just start taking it. There are some side effects. Some people can't take it because it makes them um, actually really kind of sick, like nausea. Yeah, because is that the ones that like also can really damage your liver? They can, you... Very rarely. Yeah, yeah but okay. but but that is the inconvenience of them. You do have to you have to go to the doctor every ninety days um, to continue on prep. And to, to, um, it's kidneys, I think not necessarily Mm. the liver, but don't quote me on that. It's been a while. Um, but yes, it's very rare, but yes, they can cause that kind of damage, but most people, it's more the headaches, nausea that they can't get past. But I'm just saying. We got Ashley saving money for college. She needs to be saving money for her Valtrex prescription. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was like Alex Jones without the like anger behind it. That was like happy Alex yeah. Jones. You mean Andy Rooney. Mickey Andy Rooney. Rooney. Ooh. <laughs> no, Andy Rooney. What do you guys I think, think Alex right. Jones? Runamari. What do you think he's like? Alex Rooney Jones. Is, married to Joaquin. What? Alex Jones is like in bed. Like, oh. Do oh God! Why would you put that in? Why? Why? I, I don't want to talk about a sex movie, about and then that. we're talking about Alex Jones, and I'm. It just would be like, like a. It would be somehow a grosser Harvey Weinstein. Somehow, no, yeah. He pissed so. in a plant. I don't think yeah. it'd be grosser than Harvey Weinstein. I just imagine him being very like oily to the touch, like a Christmas oh, ham. Yeah. You know, it just slips out. Sp- spiral. Yeah, yeah. There's just rings of pineapple on his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> That's so gross. You gotta draw that, Rachel. That's, that's your next drawing. No, I can't. No, I, that's really <laughs> upsetting. So the way Harper comes into play here is not only she's kind of this rival of Ashley's throughout the movie. Anytime Ashley does something, Harper's off side eyeing her. When Ashley discovers she's been accepted into Pressman, of course, all her friends are jumping up and down in the hallway of the school, like screaming, "Oh my god, it's so great!" And you see Harper off to the side with her arms Stern. crossed, just saying, "Really? Oh and God! Oh and God!" Um, <laughs> <laughs> like how it says, "WT fuck." WT fuck just sounds like a really bad circus promoter. You yeah, WT fuck. Come to the big house and see WT fuck's amazing transconfiguration. It's a one ring circus. (laughs) gonna put it on his dick. It's a cock ring circus. Cock ring circus. Transconfiguration monkeys. Yes. Yep. Okay. They they rebuild VCRs. That's really all they do. (laughs) Oh, okay. They only take the monkeys, uh, the typewriters who wrote Shakespeare (laughs) eventually, and they make them fix the VCRs. It's a circus city. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) Good night, folks. You're on a roll today. Call you butter. I mean, I'm not going to deny that wasn't funny, but you've done you've done mm-hmm. some good pun work today. Thanks. So Harper has it out for Ashley, and the way Harper gets involved with the scandal or sheds light on the scandal. So one of the family buddies' clients is Harper's uncle, and he he's clearly a pedophile. He at one point and is everyone in the family knows it. Like she says, I that. know it's not. Secret. Like, we all know, you know he likes to to fuck young girls and you know yeah. is a sexual predator. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to turn you in, not my uncle. Like I'm going to let him right, keep doing which that is shit. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. she fi- Harper finds out that um, well, she gets the idea. She's smart and she puts stuff together. After after all, she is second in the class. I was going to say, but she's not the smartest. <laughs> yeah, 
and she they're at a oh at a graduation part or not a graduation party I, some sort I of I couldn't tell what it was it was kind of because they hadn't graduated yeah, yet it yeah was like, it was like the announcement of these are my two smartest kid or star students oh. Maybe it's because the se- the senior rankings come out. The list on the wall. Oh yeah. Um, and, but what's weird about the list is that nobody's last names were on it. It was like Allison G, Jennifer. Oh B. yeah, I did actually yeah. notice that because I thought I it guess was- maybe it was a small school. I don't, I don't know. know. So Harper um, sees her uncle just like staring at Ashley from across the room. So previous previously, Ashley is reluctant to enter into this whole prostitution ring, and. As Rachel mentioned, Rachel, sorry, as Rachel, the podcaster mentioned, Rachel, the character in the movie is, keeps trying to recruit Ashley to do, to to just, you're going to, this way you're going to make money for college. It'll be fine. And Ashley says no. But then after she splits up with Mark, because he gets too possessive and controlling, he tries to get back with her. He meets up with her, asks her to come meet him at some bar or restaurant and she meets up with him and he tries to kiss her. But then Ashley looks across the room and realizes that Harper's. Si- oh, no, I'm sorry, that uh, Rachel mm-hmm. is sitting there and she sees her with her own date, her own prostitution date. Sorry, sex working date. And so she that's when she confronts Ashley and she says, I can't believe that you were refusing to have sex with any of these guys for money when you've been having sex with Mark this whole time and calls her out on it. And so, but Rachel, to speak to that point that you made that her, that Rachel just pointing that out to Ashley makes Ashley crumble. I think it was more that she was no longer going to have her tuition paid for, for yeah, I'm sure that, that also played, she had just got accepted. I mean, yeah. there was a whole scene where Rachel and Ashley are back at one of their bedrooms and Rachel is just losing her shit on Ashley and was like, I just can't believe you. You're such a hypocrite. You know, just kind of loses her shit on her, which I was like, first of all, why would she be mad? Like, I don't know. Because it wasn't like Ashley was ever like... I'm too good for this. Or like, you can't be a part of my business. Like, because I don't know what I would have reacted, how I would have reacted at 17. But I know now if I had my own business and then I found out that one of my friends and employees was using it as a sex ring, I would be like, you're fired. Um, yeah, you got to do this on didn't your own. Even, you know, she they just she, g- she just giggled about it, and she was like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, yeah." She Sex was like, ring. "Yeah, I, yeah." I think at that age, maybe you don't understand the consequences. Right, but then I didn't understand why Rachel was so angry because it wasn't like Ashley was ever judgy or said like you can't do that or you must stop or I'll report you. Yeah, like I feel that that was just demonstrating Rachel's personality how she I think she probably felt a bit demoralized by Ashley regardless of what Ashley's actions were leading up to that I'm sure she felt that in Ashley and Jilly I think that with their refusal to do that I feel that probably Rachel felt that that was an unspoken judgment on her and and Janet I'm I'm guessing and Rachel is a very outspoken person very controlling and just very um superficial. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that, that's, the, that's, if I had to guess it was more about Rachel's reaction to things than it, than it propelling Ashley to, to change her mind. I think her breaking up with Mark, the, the man who was 20 years older than her yeah. <laughs> was, who was no longer going to pay for her tuition. I'm guessing that's what it was. So she does finally though, she fu- does finally agree to it. And there, she 
is at the pool. The three of them are at the pool with these men and they're supposed to all have sex with them. And Ashley has trouble with it. And then the guy that she's with is Harper's uncle, which we don't know. The the viewer does not know this until the end. Right. And then at one point, this uncle, he's taking photos of Ashley in her underwear, which is stupid on his part. Yeah. Because it's just... Let I mean, me create evidence I mean, for I my know crime. That happens, you know, like all the time, and you hear about these people who get caught, and you're like, "How stupid could you be? Did you really need spank bank material?" Yeah. Um, yeah. He brings in a third woman who's in a you know an older woman, probably in her thirties or forties. He wants them to to make out and have sex. Oh, you and, mean like Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine fucking Maxwell? Yeah, yeah. Probably, she yeah. kind of actually looked she like Ghislaine actually, a little yeah, bit. She actually, <laughs> I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah, yeah, and that's when Ashley's had enough, and she's she's she can't do it. So that was the uncle. And so the, the uncle is at that party, whatever that party is, that, that senior Dean's list party. And he's looking at her from across the room, looking at Ashley across the room while Harper's talking to him. And so she just sees these eye glances. Ashley's obviously uncomfortable by him looking at her. And so she walks out and then he follows her and goes to, they talk outside. He says, Oh, it's so good to see you. I wanted to see you again. And Harper walks in and kind of see, walks out there and sees them talking and then says, Oh, Hey, uncle, uncle Petto, you so-and-so is, is looking for you inside. And this is where she confronts Ashley. And she says, Oh, I know what you're doing. Um, just based on the fact that her uncle's a pedophile and she saw him staring at her. Yeah, that they were, and that the, she caught him talking and then she was like, oh, yeah. you're a whore. Oh, so, I'm sorry, yeah. that's not a PC word. I know what you're doing because this guy loves fucking little girls. Yeah. Yeah, and do you think that Harper was maybe a victim when at some point of his? I wonder if that's, I, didn't, I don't know I didn't, if they thought about that when say, writing it, but in, in real life, in real life, if that had happened, if, if that was a situation that existed, I find it probable that he, he may have done something to Harper at some point, whether well, she remembers like, it or not. But, like, incest is also another super disgusting layer to the mm-hmm. sexual deviant cake. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't, like... I feel like a cake is so delicious. But <laughs> you ruined cake. <laughs> you ruined cake. Uh, I feel like you, you can be, like, a, you know, a pedophile, but also not what a bang your own flesh. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have sex with, yeah, it's not that slippery of a slope, sure. The icing is what makes it slippery. Uh, So, (laughs) never eaten cake again. (laughs) So, Harper essentially blackmails Ashley. She says, if you don't withdraw from Pressman, because apparently if Ashley withdraws from Pressman, then Harper's suddenly going to be off the wait list. Yeah, because, you know, they tell you your rank and they give you the identity of the person. If this who person has dies, to, yeah. they're like, "This is their address." James Smith, <laughs> uh, Birmingham, one North two three Dakota. Fake Street. Yeah, Birmingham, North yeah. Dakota. <laughs> uh, if she dies in Fargo, North Carolina, yes. <laughs> if they die, you get in. Please don't kill them, though. We're, don't we, kill we them. We go in the honor system here. We'll just trust <laughs> you. Don't kill them. Satire. Yeah. It's satire. Uh, and even more ridiculous is that, so Ashley, Ashley plays dumb. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. You have an overactive, you have an overactive imagination. Overactive. And blood. She's, yeah, Harper's just peeing herself throughout the entire movie. It's very sad. They don't talk about that. 
she's probably pooping herself too because she is the number two student. Oh, <laughs> oh, there's a that so, solid pun work. Solid, solid. <laughs> there's that liquidy. Oh <laughs> God, there's that diarrheal humor that we know so much about. Uh, cake. So <laughs> diarrhea cake. Okay. See, it's easy to ruin cake. It really is. Um, so Harper says, Draw, withdraw, withdraw from Pressman. Ashley says, I don't know what you're talking about. And apparently she refuses because it's very unclear it's here. It's super but unclear. Then, uh, like that, yeah. All of a sudden they're like, oh shit. The next this day. going on for too long. We got to speed this up. And yeah. Yeah. We're like, we're in the third act. We got to, shit's got to go down. Yeah. And suddenly it's basically, it looks like it's the next day, but I'm guessing that some time has yeah. passed and Ashley refuses to withdraw from Pressman. And this is what's ridiculous out of the many things. <laughs> yeah. She has this, this newspaper. This newspaper. So first of all, so many things about the newspaper. First of all, the newspaper publishes this tell-all. It's a, it's a daily newspaper in this city. It's based on hearsay from Harper so-and-so. Yeah. Like, there's no... I don't know what's what's more unlikely is the fact that this story was published just based on rumor with no research and, and just based completely on hearsay of a 17-year-old high school student or that everybody in this entire city reads the newspaper every day yeah. and they all knew about the article. Yeah, because it wasn't... And there was, everybody takes it as fact. There was no, like people telling each other ever it just kept popping up on people's computers they were taking off the newspaper stand it there was read, newsies going read all about yeah, it high yes. school prostitutes yeah. yeah it read high school hookers was the headline question question, question mark, mark though question right question mark yeah it was on the front page yeah and i'm sure there's a lot of those dudes are like yeah this sounds good <laughs> yeah they're like oh are you offering yeah <laughs> yeah and so this causes this this huge uproar obviously linda mark's wife is upset and and linda um the actor who played linda her name is perry reeves which all the actors in this movie like their legit names were super weird <laughs> like they're yeah it's perry p-e-r-r-e-y is her name I, I feel that perry reeves probably put in one of the best performances of the movie she's she's believable she when she finds out about this she's heartbroken and she's angry and she's you know, got all these emotions. And I, I think the acting across the board for everybody was like, meh, but I think she probably did it better than yeah. the rest. I feel. So this newspaper article comes out, everybody in the, in the city reads it. Um, and then we see all these scenes of this fallout where Linda confronts Mark and Mark says that, uh, he tries to just, first he tries to act like he doesn't know what she's talking about. He's like, yeah, I read the article. It's crazy. That's it's true. Crazy. That's nuts. I man. don't have a visible heart on right now. <laughs> and up leading up to this point, Ashley had been withdrawing from that second home of hers and from all the tutoring yeah. and uh, the babysitting yeah. because of Mark right. and Linda sees this and she's kind of confused by it. Uh, Ashley says, Oh, I have to, I could still babysit, but I have to leave by five. Which is coincidentally when Mark comes home from work. I guess he's not that good of a lawyer. He's at home by five. Yeah, I thought that was really weird too. Yeah. Uh, so Linda puts all the pieces together and he finally admits to it. And then Ashley's parents approach her and say, Is this true? So I obviously Harper gave the newspaper her name and No, her parents her parents said, uh, well that's that that was a line that confused me too, because her parents mm. said these girls at your school are involved in prostitution. You aren't, are you? And then instead of being smart and going, nope, don't know. Uh, she's like, I am. I am. And then her dad was like, I feel outrage. 
<laughs> me angry. Yeah, and so then the FBI gets involved and they're taken in for questioning. Yeah, <laughs> was it the FBI? Was it? Maybe it was just the police. So the cops get I don't involved. Know. It was that one woman who plays the detective on literally every yeah. show. Who's, who watches on the other side of the one way two way yeah, mirror all the time? That's, that's yeah. where she lives essentially. And Ra- Rachel, uh, the movie Rachel. She admits to it. She says, this was all on my idea. Yeah, I thought that was really, like, I mean, it was so lifetime tropey, right? Like, all of a It was out of character yeah, for yeah, her, Yeah, but too, all of a sudden, she know? has this, like, change of heart. Like, oh, Some yeah. kind of conscious. My friends. Yeah. I'm, I'm a manipulative bitch. My friends. Have yeah. A, I, I roped him into this. It's all me. I'll take. And, like, she's there with her parents, and her parents are like, we need to get a lawyer. And the detective's like... Fine, play it that way. But this is what's going to happen. Yeah, fine, <laughs> protect yeah, your rights. Yeah, fine, fine. use your yeah. legal authority to gain yeah. a competent attorney. Rachel's like, no, Dad, I don't want a lawyer. I want the truth yeah. to set me free. And they're like, ma'am, you're going to go to jail if you admit to this. And she's like, I don't care. And then when they come in and put the cuffs, I'm like, and then the woman, the detective steps out from behind the two-way or the one-way mirror, opens a door and was like, arrest her. <laughs> and like, that, yeah. like, oh, like that. thanks, we really needed your yeah. guidance here, boss. And then, and then, like, Rachel and her family are just like, what are you they're doing? Shocked. And they're like, is that what happens when you confess to a crime? We're white! We literally just told you that was what was going to happen if yeah. you confessed. We, th- like, we thought if we told the truth, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, always tell the truth, right? Always tell the truth. Yeah. Never closing. tell the truth. I mean, Especially if you're going to tell the boss, truth, lawyer up first. Never tell, only tell your lawyer what? the truth. Toy your, tell your lawyer, toy your, toy your lawyer, lawyer and everything. In, 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 <laughs> in, 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 all, in all real honesty, <laughs> if you find yourself, if you know you didn't commit a crime and you find yourself, do not answer questions. Lawyer I'm up. serious. Yeah. I'm not Absolutely. joking. If you they did will, commit a they crime. They will manipulate every yes. fucking word you say. Don't. Literally, all you say to them is, I don't answer questions. Yep. I don't answer mm-hmm. questions. Please. You can legally do it. Just keep repeating it. I don't answer questions. I don't Remember, answer I'm questions. Remember, I'm a lawyer now, so yeah. you can call me at 1-800-STEPHANIE and I'll get you out of jail. <laughs> or I'll, tr- I'll try my best. <laughs> So they they so they break up the uh, the prostitution ring and then so they break up the prostitution ring and oh the consequences let's talk about the consequences because they're really righteous so Janet this is before the story comes out but Janet one of the girls in the family buddies discovers she's pregnant she forgot to oh, take her yeah, birth control I heard about pill the heart. yeah. And there's a scene where the girls are in her bedroom and she's crying. And it's it's interesting how Rachel is for her getting abortion. Jilly says, oh, my God, no, you don't have to get an abortion. And Ashley's kind of the middle ground where she says, look, whatever you decide, we're going to be here for you. It's implied that Jana ends up getting an abortion. They don't spell it out, but they kind of insinuate yeah. it. I guess I don't think she ended up doing any jail time or anything, which is odd. Or maybe they gloss over it. I don't remember. But Rachel ends up going to prison, but it's only, like, it's a very short sentence. I want to say it's two years, 18 months, something like that. Yeah, I don't think it's very long. But what does Mark get? Mark is the one who's in his 40s, was essentially paying for sex with a 17-year-old girl. If he registers as a sex offender, which, yes, will get him disbarred, uh, he won't have to serve any time. Otherwise, he goes to jail for 10 years for uh, sex, unlawful sex with a minor. So he gets a plea deal, does no jail time, just has to register as a sex offender, which, yeah, that sucks. But that's what you are, dude. You're a sex offender. All the other husbands, all the other 
clients had to register as sex offenders. They didn't have to do any jail time. Rachel, the 17 year old girl who's a minor, can they even be arrested? Was that, I mean, was the severity of the cross? I, I, I was, I was confused really on confused that. by that too. I was and, like, and once again, here's why. She's not in juvenile. Yeah, no, she's she not. Didn't. She's in prison. It's, yeah. it's back to having stuff on the black market. The government, when they can't get money from you for your illegal activities, they will go harder at you mm-hmm. for that. She Honestly, they probably prosecuted her for tax evasion more than they were prosecuting <laughs> her for prostitution. <laughs> yeah. That might be actually true. Racketeering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really ridiculous. But again, this is all made up. The very, the bare bones of this true story it, it, it's just, it's not even close. Um, you know, Lifetime should remake this movie based on the story with using, you know, make that really gritty underbelly of what prostitution actually is. Right, as opposed to a bunch of pretty... Pretending like it's empowering yeah. and, yeah, having sex with rich, white, married guys who don't have drug problems and don't have any diseases and, and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, you really should be examining why are young people in such desperate need of money and drugs and alcohol that they would be going to this link? Like, what what is, what is happening in their life that would drive them to that point? Because... First of all, drugs and alcohol, not the easiest thing to obtain, but not that hard, even when you're young. And they're they're cool. You should use them. (laughs) So, yeah, there should be more of an examination on the the real story and what was really going Mm -hmm. on there. And and what would drive a 15 and a 17-year-old? Like, I'm not saying kids have a lot of empathy even at that age, but that is, like, so disgusting and disturbing to hurt other children that badly. Mm -hmm. Like, what has gone wrong in these kids' lives that would allow them to do this to yeah. other children. Like, this whole whitewashing, like, oh, these kids are, like, borderline super privileged, but they're not super privileged, so they are trying to get to that point of being super privileged. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a pretty gross take on what actually really happened because, but I'm not saying these things don't happen, but... I'm I'm less interested and less concerned. I mean, that sounds way more like that was an actual choice by that young woman who uh, was doing that as opposed to, like, where the story really originated from, which sounds mm-hmm. way more concerning. Yeah. The Mark character, in quotes, in real life, he was named John Michael Mosier. He was 21. He paid, like we said, paid the $40 and a bottle of liquor to have sex with a 15-year-old girl who was unwilling and the sex was at a community pool and he was a dishwasher at Finns and Sharkies on the pier in Venice, Florida. So yeah, that's, that's the real, (laughs) the real John in the story. And another interesting thing on, on a broader arc view of this entire movie, it's really just demonstrates class division in society. You know, like we were talking about how Ashley and her friends are all middle class and Harper is is wealthy, but she can't buy her spot at Pressman like she thought she could because Ashley got in there before her. And so at the end of the movie, Harper, the wealthy person, got exactly what she wanted. She was able to get into the school that she wanted. She was able to destroy the lives of the people she didn't like. Right. The lower class, quote unquote, even though they're, (laughs) I mean, let's say upper middle to be for real. uh, They ended up paying for 
um, you know, paying for what they did, but ended up losing out. And yeah, it's, it's just interesting depiction. Well, let's talk about like the weird um, kind of like towards the end, like Rachel's in jail and they go and see her for graduation, which I thought was really weird mm-hmm. that the jail was just like, I mean, I'm sure she's in a minimal security prison, but it was still yeah. also like they bring in their pointy hats from graduation yeah. and, you know, they're wearing their gowns. Yeah. They, they were not allowed to walk the ceremony. Are they, are they naked? Are they naked? Under yeah, the gowns? That's, yeah. Okay. They probably are. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're there. And then like, Rachel starts kind of getting apologetic and Ashley's like, look, I made my own choices. I don't blame you. I did what I did. It's not you. It's me. I'm breaking yeah, up with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but then <laughs> like fast forward, it fast forwards eight months and Ashley's working in this little, you know, cafe making lattes mm-hmm. and she's going to community college and Jilly stops by and, you know, Jilly gets out of everything because Jilly was the one who was like, no, I am no part of this. And she was the artist. And now she's in, like, fancy art school. And and she asked, uh, Jilly asked Ashley, do you still talk to Rachel? And she was like, no, no, not at all. Like, no, mm-hmm. we always make plans that we don't intend to keep. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, because Rachel's out by this point. I guess she got early release. It was really yeah. weird how they showed that scene well, when they were in prison and they were all like, Oh, Rachel, it's not your fault. We all did this, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. like, when she's out there, like, oh, no, fuck you, bitch. I ain't talking fuck to you. Fuck you, bitch. Well, I think there's a difference between, you know, like, forgiving somebody and mending fences right, and and versus yeah. let's stay for, you know, I'm sure they wrote to each other while they were in prison. But yeah, prison changes a bitch. And so uh-huh. I'm sure she came out with like teardrop tattoos and piercings. And so stuff, Rachel became so. a murderer while she was in prison. Well, sometimes you got to go to jail to actually break the law. Uh, I learned that from Shawshank wow. Redemption. Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Yeah. Way to Thanks, go. Thank you, Stephen King. King. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me. You owe me some body parts. And then there's... <laughs> I did not kill my best friend. I did dismember him. And then there's... Yeah, and then the scene... The movie ends with this scene where Daniel, the, the, the boy dumb, dumb that actually... Yeah, Ashley kind of was dating and had, was was tutoring him. He was her age, and he's walking by, and he looks into the cafe, into the coffee shop. They kind of make eye contact and just like nod, and that's. I mean, I don't because they had once all the news came out, they have a confrontation where Daniel's like, "Well, is this why you wouldn't that's have sex with me?" Because say, you're let's fucking- address that. Like that, yeah. Daniel yeah. thinks that's that he's an some, incel. <laughs> yeah, he's somehow entitled. Yeah, to that he wasn't. A catch. Yeah, like they were dating and they would make out and she would kind of back off. And she says, look, we're going, we're both got accepted into different schools. Like, what's the point of starting a new relationship right now? And he's like, look, if you don't like, because he's so insecure, because he's this 18 year old, you know, insecure dude. And he says, look, if you don't like me, just say so. And it's the most infuriating thing when a this she's trying to have a conversation with him about let's be realistic i am attracted to you but what's do we really want to move forward with this if we're going to be on in different states and and he takes it as i'm not attracted to you because everything's about you daniel that's that's um, how men fucking are yeah. like well some women too so i mean it's men just, out you know, there just like yeah well if you if you don't want to fuck me then there's something wrong with you you know, like, well, that's the incel point of view. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, though, he wasn't that bad. So but. what he said was, is this why you wouldn't have sex with me is because I wasn't paying you. But to be fair, that 
the payment part wasn't the issue, but that is why she wasn't having sex with them is because she knew she was banging, you know, these other dudes. Well, and she also said that if it ever came out, I didn't want to embarrass you and I didn't want to lump you in. And, but then the weirdest thing is when, after this confrontation, they're in the high school, they're in the class, they're in the middle of the hallway. And he says, well, maybe you should have been paying me. And then he walks off. I don't understand that line. I don't, I don't remember that line, so... Yeah, it made no sense to me. Maybe it was ad-libbed, and they were like, let's keep yeah, it going. and It'll make people and think. And I think, you know, <laughs> movies are, of course, curated and supposed to, you know, make sense and flow. But really, in real arguments, how many things have you ever yelled at somebody that probably made yeah. literally no sense at that point? Like, if you played it back to yourself, you'd be like... Why did I say that? Shit, what was I thinking? Yeah. I listen. I think of that whenever I'm editing the yeah. podcast. I'm like, why did yeah, I say like, that? That doesn't make sense there. Yeah. Uh, I know Steph usually does all the, um, the stuff. signing. Yeah, the, the signing, signing off. But I want to mention um, it is very much under construction still, but we are getting up our website, which is at lifelinepodcast.com. Yeah. We also have entered the arena of, how do you say that? Quora? Quora? I think it's Quora. Question. I, I have a, a question that I put up there just about what's the best Lifetime movie and what should we review. Um, I don't know how many people are a part of this. Uh, I, I honestly, I knew of it, but I didn't really realize it was a social media forum. Yeah, um, me either. And we have never mentioned that we have a Pinterest. Yeah. And we have some solid boards, uh, such as one dedicated to Tori Spelling and another dedicated yes. to Haggis. Recipes. Yes, we have a haggis board, yeah, you guys. I think you can even find vegan haggis recipes on there. If you, is there a uh, Malort board? There will be. There, now. there is now. Yeah. I'll uh, spearhead the Malort board. Yeah, go board for it. Yeah, we want. have wine and vices. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to mention those because I realized we'd never mentioned so, them. And I, as far as the Quora, is there a way to find us, or do they only look for the question? question. How does that I don't work? know. I don't know. Okay, we'll figure so it out. Okay, if you know. Let us know. If you know, email us at LifeWine Podcast. And, of course, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at LifeWine Podcast on all Mm -hmm. those. Uh, Also. We're QAnon. That's us. We we are not QAnon. It's it's official. We're coming out. We're the the QAnon. You are actually Q. Zach is Q. What are you talking about? What does that mean? Nothing. It's okay. You're better off for not knowing, honestly. Uh, Like I said, find us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and leave us a review. Again, just putting words in a box doesn't matter what you say. Just anything you put in there will help us. Like, Zach, what's something they can put in the you box? You can do verbatim my rant about sexual slavery. Um, mm. you, you can do the alphabet backwards starting from Q. You Ooh. can put every conspiracy theory you've ever heard, but make it John Ritter as the <laughs> antagonist. Um, oh, I love John Ritter. Too, All right. Yeah. You, you can yeah. you can describe what you think Rachel looks like, even An if, if you've never seen her. A trunkless um, elephant. Don't give it away. You Rachel. can give Stephanie all your favorite tzatziki recipes. Oh yeah, I'll take those. Uh, or you can just say you could say best lifetime based movie podcast on the internet, and you could also say. It, it's not the best, but it's pretty good. Or you could say, fuck these fucking fucks. As long as you give yeah. us those five stars at the same time. Five stars. Yeah. Email us at lifewindpodcast at gmail.com if you want to talk to us about anything. We would love to hear from you, and we will probably read your email on the, on the air. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.